What it do, baby? We are live here at the Bench uh, Captains Podcast. I am Bench Captain Dave, and with me, we have a full cast of characters here today. Boys, how we doing? Bench Captain Nick's good. Life's good. Honorable guest Hayden reporting for duty. I'm fired up to be here. Bench Captain Noah is very tired, to say the least. <laughs> We have the whole gang here, and this is this is quite a special occasion. When was the last time us four were all on the same pod? Never. Wow. Yeah. Well, you guys are in for a good treat today because we have a lot to cover. We're gonna we're gonna talk a, a, a lot about you know week seventeen coming up here for the NFL regular season last week, getting ready for the wild card round of the playoffs. Uh, second quarter, we'll get into the college football playoffs and uh, talk about Ohio State versus Clemson and Notre Dame versus Alabama. And in the third quarter, we're going to talk NBA. So if any of these topics intrigue you, uh, stay tuned. All right. Uh, first, how are we doing, gentlemen? What's what's going on in the lives of our fellow bench captains? I'm jumping in. I'm taking over. We have two new dads and two dudes who couldn't be farther from being dads. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll let you guys guess who's who, but for this dude who's pretty single, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Here's a I got a little story for you guys. So, you know, parents been getting on my case. Like Nick, you need to put yourself out there, Nick. You need you need to meet some people, Nick. Oh my god, Baker, I go to pretty cute chick. You know, she's my type. Also, it's great. This is how we're gonna know. If my parent, if my mom listens to this podcast, she'll ask me about this, but I don't think my own mom listens to this. So I walk up, I know, you know, I get the confidence, you know, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, Hey, she's checking me out, like ringing, like ringing me out. She ain't checking me out. I'm ugly. And I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I think you're pretty attitude. I, was I, could get, I was like, I wonder, <laughs> yeah, for real. I was like, I was, I wonder if I was wondering if I could get your number. And she just goes, uh, I have a boyfriend. I said, Matt, shoot or shoot, have a good day, and <laughs> walked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why shoot or shoot is the response that came out. I think that's how I broke the awkwardness. You fight or flight. <laughs> and that's you, what I you said, went, right you, out. You fight or flight, you went full flight. Like, like wings flew out, <laughs> feathers were flapping, and you just one gust shot itself out the, out the <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't about to be like, oh, I think I can take him. Your inner Matt uh, panel was definitely showing in that moment. Yo, yeah, shout out, shout out, Matt Kent. <laughs> that's that's wildly impressive that that was the first thing that came out of your mouth. Like, just, eh, well, shoot, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of laughed and said, have a good day. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. What going back for a while. <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you do in situations like that, right? Like, you can't call them out for lying or nothing. So you just, it's what it is. All right, fair enough. Next Bounce time up. we go there, she's going to be like, hey, that's the shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, what, what did you no order? meals for shooters, right? That's what I'm going to say. Uh, that's funny. That's incredible. <laughs> Bench Captain Noah, I know you said you're tired. 
care to give us your rundown? How you doing? How are you operating as a new dad these days? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, so the 31st marks Jude uh, being two weeks old. So it's very exciting. It's a big milestone. Um, my wife and I don't get much sleep anymore, which is fine. We're kind of just getting used to that, that schedule. Um, but I'm just excited to just, you know, just have him sit over in the corner and just stare at him. Honestly, he's a freaking cutie. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that just because he looks like you? Is that why you're saying it? I really, more people have said that he looks like Hannah than looks like me. Really? Which is weird, but I don't care what he looks like, to be honest. As long as he's not a ginger, we're cool. oh that's crazy (laughs) because then there would have been some real problems right because you aren't yeah (laughs) they're all chick-fil-a no wendy's at that household no pleasure (laughs) hayden how we doing how we doing boss man I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, dad number two checking in. We got uh, Deacon just turned two months actually on Christmas Eve. So went in, got some shots today. Dude was a trooper, stronger than I am. I hate needles with a passion. And Britt told me that he barely even cried when uh, when he got everything taken care of today. So he's doing good. Uh, got a little tykes hoop for him for Christmas. And it was one of those like moments that uh, – I didn't expect to hit me as hard as it actually did. Like I sat the rubber ball in his lap and like put his hands on top of it. And I was just looking at him and I'm like, whoa, like I'm going to teach you how to do this someday. This is freaking insane. Start thinking Um, about all the victories he's going to get over him in basketball. Yeah. So now, now I just place the ball underneath his hand and I'll sit it on top and I'll just like smack the top of his hand lightly so that he's already starting to get the feel of the ball bouncing. Um, just, I don't know, a little stuff like that, man. It's an unexplainable feeling as I'm sure Noah would agree with from the time you first lay eyes on the, on the little guy. So, um, fired up a lot of the good things to come. That's for sure. Hey, you're getting them started early. Early as it gets, baby ball in the hands, right out the womb. <laughs> that's going to be his I'll story. I have to say this, Noah, that post you had on your Instagram was hilarious of you playing uh Madden and you had the controller and Jude's yeah. hands. <laughs> I was like, Jude, yo, Jude, he's giving Jude the work. Jude doesn't the want any of the smoke when it comes to playing PS4. You don't want any of the smoke. <laughs> Until he figures out the controller's not actually plugged in and starts to get mad, then you actually have to whoop on him. <laughs> yeah. That's time. amazing. That's amazing. Will, I got all right. So I got a question for Future's dad. Sorry, Dave. Then we'll get to how you're doing. Will you ever? At what age do you think either Jude or D can finally beat you at two K? Never. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Never. I don't think so. I don't think so. I also like this is gonna sound crazy too. I feel like the older he gets, though the less I will probably play because I don't really want him to get super like sucked into that stuff until 
you know, like a certain point in his life too. So maybe because of that, I get rusty and he beats me. I'll leave the door cracked open for him. But I feel like it's like a bicycle. As soon as I get the sticks back in my hands, it'll just like all start coming back and he's not going to want it no matter what age. That's fair. I'll, I'll be, I'll be whooping on Jude when it comes to 2k, even on like the PS8. I don't care. I'm going off. <laughs> the holograms <laughs> are in the living room with the headset down over your eyeballs. that's awesome well boys we have uh it sounds like everyone's had a good uh christmas break so far you guys guys oh how's coaching going all right well now that you asked well coaching's going well uh we had a tough one today um when i say tough one it was a very very tough one uh, we we were four and one going into today, into today's game. Had a pretty emotional win on uh, Monday night. Uh, we took care of business against St. Joe's. Um, we played uh, Shaker Heights today, who's one of the better teams in Division One. And the game got away from us late, so they they were beating us by thirty for most of the game. But fourth quarter just really got ugly fast and we lost by 50 so or 45 I think it was 45 so uh they yeah it was it was not an ideal win but or an ideal loss but uh, no loss is ideal so um we got practice tomorrow we're going to try to clean some things up then we got Canton Glen Oak and Gilmore both really good teams uh, on Saturday and then on Monday so we got a tough tough little slate of games ahead of us right now but up for the task. How much are you guys going to run at practice? An L by 45, I'd be running for days. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It, and from a game like tonight, it, it's tough because we – I think it was more of like a humbling, a, a humbling experience because we played a lot of teams that um, I think we're pretty level with, and we came out winning those games, and which that's a good sign. You want to beat the teams that you need to beat, like the, the around your uh, skill level, and we beat the teams that we needed to beat. Um, but tonight, I mean, Shakers—they're loaded, man. They have yeah. so much talent. They—they uh, they went to regional finals last year, and they didn't get to play because of COVID. Uh, they have nine returning players. They're—they have a lot of talent. So. For us, it's kind of like a younger team trying to get into the groove of things. We don't want our guys to just completely lose confidence. We're not going to kill them for the game, but it just wasn't an ideal game um, for us. It was just a it was just a tough game in general. We'll, we'll just put it that way. Um, just kind of moving past it at this point. Guys, I'm trying to get Dave to come up with like a saying. Right now, he's using "have a day." But like I wanted to have a coach saying like I think a PJ Fleck would like row the boat like I, so if you guys have one, or we're gonna ask our audience like let us know what Dave's like coaching phrase should be that gets him famous. I thought I thought his coaching catchphrase was "Don't be a dumpster fire." <laughs> I do tell my guys that. I do tell them to stop being a dumpster fire, but it's more so as a joke rather than inspirational, you know. Do, uh, do any of the players listen to the pod that you know of? I don't think so, no. That's their no. punishment for losing by 50. <laughs> yeah, y'all got to listen to the All right, y'all got to boost this on Spotify now. <laughs> hey, we're on Apple Music, too. Shameless plug. Anywhere you get your podcast. Apple Podcast, not Apple Music. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, things are going good, though, uh, overall. Can't can't get down too low or too high at any point. So I'm going to get my Kevin Stefanski on uh, with that, with the conservative speech. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boys, with that being said, I think this is kind of a good time to jump into uh, our first quarter topics. We have a lot to talk about as far as week 16, week 17, uh I feel like we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, week sixteen, we'll, we'll we'll talk. We'll recap real quick. Uh, some notable games: the Buccaneers clinched a playoff spot with their win over the Lions, forty-seven-seven. Uh, they just completely dominated them. Uh, the Dolphins beating the Raiders knocked the Raiders out of the playoffs, and the Dolphins are uh, in a position to make the playoffs now. They are the currently the five seed. Um, the Steelers beating the Colts. Uh, Steelers clinched the division, which is a big deal. Now the Colts are Pittsburgh. on the outside looking in. Shout out Pittsburgh, yes. Uh, also, <sighs> Jets beat the Browns 23-16. Uh, COVID, injuries, dumpster fire. Cleveland, I feel like that was an off game. We can get into that later. Uh, anything else super noticeable? I mean, not really. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Rams. Jared Goff, his finger went snap, crackle, pop. Uh, the Titans just got demolished by the Packers on Sunday night football. And the Cowboys are having the same record as the Washington football team now at six and nine for that division. So, guys, any uh, thoughts on week 16 before we get into week 17? Uh, thoughts and wild card predictions? Yeah, right off the bat, to me is how good Josh Allen and the Bills look and how good Aaron Rodgers and the Packers look. Mm-hmm. Both these teams, just all around, I think the Packers hitting on A.J. Dillon was what they needed, especially with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones heading into free agency. I'm sure where they'll go. And everybody wondering, like, wait, you took Jordan Love one and A.J. Dillon two? Like, these aren't your needs. But then all of a sudden you saw this. The snow football in Lambeau. If they can clinch that one and make everybody go through Lambo, and they got a running back like that in that snow, in that cold weather, and Aaron Rodgers still throwing that ball like that, it's a wrap. Peyton, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very similar to Nick in the sense that I think anytime a game is snowing like that and a Raj is still – what do he throw, four touchdowns? How many did he have? Like, I think he had four. I believe he had four, yes. Four, right? Like, how four. in the world? Yeah. He was 21 of 25, 231, and four tutties. And no picks. <laughs> we went perfect passer rating. Uh, Devontae Adams was also a freak. 11 catches, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. I mean, come on. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, what other quarterback in the NFC, if they have to go into Lambeau when the weather conditions are like that, are going to be able to, like, do something like that? Like, it's it's tough. Um, I, th- I think if the, if the Packers make it to the Super Bowl because the rest of the league has to go through Lambeau, it wouldn't shock me. And I think Aaron Rodgers right now is the front runner for MVP as well. So, wow. All right, no. no. What are your thoughts I'm, I'm on? Man, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a different breed, and I think we all can admit that. Um, just my only question, I guess, I, I'd love to hear you guys' response. Like, do we really view the Packers as 
uh, a Super Bowl contending team with their trash defense? I mean, I think holding the Titans offense to 14 points is very good considering the fact that they have Derrick Henry. Although my, my takeaway from this week kind of supports you a little bit in your argument, but anyone else have any thoughts on the Packers defense before we kind of. Yeah. I think what you can see too, is that their offense will free up their defense. Yeah. Their offense will allow their defense to play a bend don't break or just make two plays. Mm-hmm. We just need two turnovers from you. Right. We're not going to turn the ball over. We can run. We can throw. We can do whatever. We have Devontae Adams. We have Aaron Rodgers. Now we have Jones, Williams, and Dylan. So that offense frees up the defense to play more free. If there's no pressure of, okay, we have to make sure that they don't score more than 28. Like we know that our offense is still going to go get us points, which lets us just go play to just make a couple plays. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. I think last time I was on here, we talked a lot about how like teams that we saw doing well were the ones that had an identity and like Green Bay has like the epitome of an identity. Like they, they know exactly what they want to do. They know exactly how they have to win. And none of that relies on like the defense making stops more so than it does like making sure that they score 14 to 21 points a half. Like if they can get 14 to 21 points in both halves, like they're going to be in a good position to win because then at that point they can give up 21 to 28 points and still come out with a victory, like a, a W is a W to them. So that's, I think that they, we will at least in my opinion, see them in the NFC championship. I bet you. Yeah. I mean, I think a Super Bowl between the Packers and the chiefs would be insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Total shootout. And the one thing um, I think that's, their defense is I, – I think their defense doesn't get enough credit for some of the things that they do, though. Like, the way you guys are talking about their defense is built for a lead, and you're right. The way that they have the Smith brothers coming off the edge, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, uh, the way those guys bring pressure, and then you have uh, solid linebacking play, you know, uh, especially with Christian Kirksey coming back. Shout-out to the former Brown. Shout-out to, to, to Kirk. Uh, we love that guy, but um, – their their secondary their their corners are really built for, hey we have great we're gonna pin the the pass rushers are gonna pin their ears back we're gonna go make a play on the ball and we can play tight coverage especially with Jair Alexander uh, Alexander, so the Packers defense like you said they're built for a lead that's their defense is built for a lead, uh, they can play aggressive pin their ears back and um, they look legit guys I I mean the Titans are. I mean, you guys know how I've talked about the Titans in the past. I love me some Titans, um, but they put the Titans to sleep pretty early and often. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I love the story of the whole Aaron Rodgers scenario. Like this whole season for me, it's the coolest thing in the world. Like Packers draft the next person thinking that you're kind of on the decline. He looks them right smack in the face and says, Joke's on you. I'm going to go out and get an MVP, hopefully potentially take them to the Super Bowl. And then I apologize in advance to all Packers fans. I think the ultimate, like, absolute smack in the face to them would be for him to then go somewhere else and beat them again the next time that he played each other just to <laughs> say, like, 
you shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love. Like you, sh- you had four, five, six more years. And to me, had you got me the weapons, you know what I mean, that I needed. So I'm going to do what I have or do what I can with what I have right now. Then I'm going to go somewhere else, maybe similar to like what Tom Brady said, and then give it to you again. I just think that would be so freaking sick. And I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not this like even huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I just love that story. I think would be really, really cool. Come to Cleveland, Aaron. <laughs> Hey, don't put Baker down like that. Bro, when I first said, okay, Noah, when we were talking about, like, waiting to hear from you, that's where I thought you were going with your takeaway from the weekend. We had to listen to this dude all day. If we want to talk about the Browns, we can talk about the Browns. Well, let's let's finish week 16 up real quick. Uh, uh, The one takeaway I'm going to add real quick, because this is a segue into week 17, is – I was very underwhelmed with a lot of teams that needed to win to solidify their playoff spots. We just talked about the Titans. I don't know what is going on with them. Their defense is just non-existent. The Titans fell apart. The, uh, or the Titans, they're, the Rams, I mean, they're without Jared Goff. Now. They, they choked that game away against Seattle, and now they're without Jared Goff week 17 against the Cardinals. Uh the Eagles had a chance to kind of stay in it. I, I wasn't really looking at them like that. Um, then you have teams like, uh, excuse me, the Colts. We just talked about the, the Titans. Like they, they had a 24-7 lead. The Browns, we, we know what happened with them. It's, it's easier to explain. The Raiders, complete choke job. And even the Cardinals, man, blowing that, that game against the uh, 49ers uh, at home. It just – it's so many teams just blowing opportunities in this uh, in in week 16 to really solidify themselves as a playoff team. So, guys, with that being said, week 17, we have a lot of question marks. Uh, and Noel hinted at uh, where he's going to be have his some of his frustrations pointed. So we'll start with that game, the hometown Cleveland Browns hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, led by Mason Rudolph at the quarterback position. Guys, what, what is your thoughts on the Browns state of Cleveland, uh, like of what is going on in that locker room? We'll start with you, Noah. So I'm not like upset going into the game against Pittsburgh. I think we're in a great spot when Mason Rudolph is standing there. Like I was just very frustrated last week with how the performance went, even with all the circumstances going on. And I do understand the Jets were on a hot streak with their one win on the season. Um, but you can't lose that game in the fashion that you did, especially when you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't care how many dudes are in the box. They're going to go get you a yard when you need to win the game. Uh, but anyway, moving on past that, um, I think the Browns are in a pretty good spot. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to play that many people. Um, they already announced Rudolph's playing. Hayden's going to be uh, limited. Uh, Fitzpatrick, or yeah, Minka's going to be limited too. I don't know what PJ's doing, but like, I think we're in a good spot. And I think it's a, obviously a must win game. And I think we better get out there and perform. Yeah, I saw, I saw people think TJ's going to play just so he can go try to finish out winning defensive player of the year. Um, yeah. Coming off that Jets game. I don't really have much to say other than we literally are still in a spot where it's win and we're in. Yeah. Uh, I think I don't, I don't blame Stefanski at all. I saw a lot of people upset at him this week. 
Um, you saw the Jets come with a lot of five defensive linemen on the field, making it really tough to run. So he was trying to pass to make them back it off. Obviously, 53 without the receivers looks ridiculous. But it was tough. It, tough situation all around. But like And like you guys said, I'm not upset even after. I kind of already preparing myself for a loss that day of like, it's going to happen. What I don't like about this weekend is that we are facing Rudolph. It just feels like the most Cleveland thing to have this chance to win and get in, and we lose to the Steelers resting their starters again. And so, like, that makes me extra nervous. But just all around, I feel very good about our team's mindset. You even saw – once I saw Landry um, tweet that gif of himself, like, he's just like, like you know they're going to come out upset. Like, their wide receivers aren't – like, they're upset that they couldn't play because if they played, we take care of the Jets and we're in the playoffs. But also – Here's my week 17 hot take. Jacksonville owes us. We let them clinch number one. They've got our backs. They're just going to come take care of business, beat the Colts, and it doesn't even matter. I, I don't actually think that's going to happen. <laughs> I was going to say that. Just to clarify. You said hot take, so I let it slide, but, man, that was – that was out there, but I like the energy, Nick. Keep it up. That was a that was a scorching like surface of the sun, hot. Like I I felt the breath <laughs> of your words uh, over here across the border when uh, you were letting that one go. That was hot. Was Nick Wright esque? <laughs> Sorry if you listen to this, Nick Wright. He didn't mean it. <laughs> we're big Nick Wright guys here. Can't stand that guy. Love Nick. Uh, All right, hey, week week seventeen. What you what you looking at? Um, here's the thing. I think as a fan of any team, whether it's you know Browns, Lakers, whoever you're a fan of, right? You love to watch big games because gets your adrenaline going, gets your heart pumping. I feel like that's why people love to bet on sports. It's why they love March Madness. Like it gives you some sort of like emotional tie, emotional connection to the game, right? So as we were talking before the Jets game, before kickoff, um, I wanted week 17 to be big, right? Like that was my thing. I wanted it to be for the division. Some of you guys are like, no, I just hope the Steelers win. So we just clinch and we're in or whatever. And then like, we don't get to have these conversations. Like in the 25 years that I've been alive, this is the biggest Cleveland Browns football game since I've been alive. Like I'm so fired up for the game just to watch and see what's going to unfold. Um, and I, I think a couple things, I think first off on a lighter note, let's mic up Mason Rudolph, make sure we don't have anything crazy happening again <laughs> this year. Slip on my last year. Hot take. <laughs> Slip a mic underneath that man's shoulder pad. So he ain't saying no nonsense. Cause we're keeping miles Garrett throughout the entirety of whatever happens following this game. Um, secondly, uh, I, I think that this is a different Cleveland team than I've ever also like watched before too. So I'm excited to think that like this year we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat outside of the jets. Right. But then you look at all the different circumstances and everything that happened. It's like, we can sit here and dwell on the fact that it happened, or we can literally just like, okay, it is what it is. We still have a chance to win and get in. Like we still control our own destiny. So I'm over that game. Like in all reality, there's nothing really that I would even go back and touch on. Uh, if I'm that coaching staff heading into week 17, like it's one where you take the VHS tape, you bust it over your knee, you throw it out. It's like, look, 
stuff that's out of our control happen, um, we still have a chance to win and get in. Let's focus on the Steelers um, and, and take care of business. So I, I would expect us to get the win. Like I'm going into the game nervous, of course, because of what's on the line, but not necessarily because I think that our team can't handle it or like it would be a tough task for us to get this win. I think this is a team, especially with Mason Rudolph out. I even think with Big Ben playing, um, we probably should win the game. Like I think we we have a better uh, team overall than at least on the offensive side of the ball than the Steelers do. I know their defense is really good, and that's why they've won a lot of games. Um, but this is like we, we should win this game, and, and I'm excited to see us win this game and clinch. I think it'll be a lot of fun for Cleveland fans to – just get in, and then we'll see what happens from there. Well, I have a six-hour six hour car ride after that game. It's either going to be the greatest car ride of my life. Are you going? Gonna, huh? No, oh, no, no, no. We're going on a family ski trip to Michigan after, and so I'm driving. We leave that ah. day right after the game. So it's either going to be very happy or very, very dark. <laughs> well, I think it'll be good. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a massive game, guys. Uh, I think – one thing, I, I just kind of noticed this. I, I'm a, this is a quick side note. I just want to throw this in there because it's really interesting. A lot of these teams that need to clinch, like the Dolphins, the Ravens, uh, let's see here, Dolphins, Ravens, we also have the Titans, and there's one more team. I think of Wa- No, not the Colts in this scenario. Cardinals and Washington football team all have to win on the road and Cowboys. All those teams have to win on the road this week in order to to get into the playoffs. Whereas the Browns and the Colts, and I believe the Rams are the only teams that are like, okay, win, we're in at home. And oh, the Bears, the Bears are also home against the Packers. But uh, it's crazy because you think, couldn't this home game have come at a better time like, like against the Steelers, would you rather be going week 17 into Pittsburgh? No, thanks. Like it's a, it's going to be a, I think fans are more worried about this game than we should, should be. Um, I think, especially with some of these guys, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see to and Hayward and Hayden, like all three of those guys get a lot of rest. And even if TJ Watts playing, yeah, can he wreck a game? Yeah, but there's ways you can game plan around it, and we didn't have Wyatt Teller last time, so um, there's ways you can game plan about, Has he around practiced it. this week? Uh, limited, from limited? what I saw, it, it, but or it was just rest. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, yeah, he. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in and out, just try. I'm passing downs, trying to get sacks, and, and and the other interesting part is the last time these two teams played, no Nick Chubb, no Wyatt Teller but they also had Devin Bush and they had Bud Dupree. So this defense is looking a lot different. The Browns offense is looking a lot different. Baker's found his rhythm. Uh, definitely a game or, and, and Odell is on the Browns offense right now. Uh, or, or he, and he was the, first, the last time. So very interesting storylines, like you said, and obviously the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph scenario, but I feel like guys, I, this feels like a game the Browns are either going to win. Like, they're going to win this game, in my opinion. I, if, you, if you finish the season 10-6, and, and but the last two games of the season, you lose to the 1-13 Jets and the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers at home. We don't deserve so, it. 
you don't deserve to be a playoff team. No. You shouldn't be. And that's why, like, I say that out loud, and I'm like, the Browns are going to win then. Like, I, I, they're, they're too good of a team to let that happen. Um, that being said, guys, we have some other big games on the docket for the week. Uh, I, do you guys think with the Browns playing the Steelers, there's a couple of the really tough games. Uh, Dolphins are at the Bills. Dolphins need to win that. I think the Bills still kind of have something to play for to get that two seed. Though there's no bye week, so I guess it really doesn't matter. They have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. Well, the two I'm, seed, two seed would guarantee two home games, which I think would be right. really big for a Buffalo. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it's a similar Lambo effect when you get that weather up in Buffalo, and also you have games like the Cardinals versus the Rams, where the loser of that game could miss the playoffs. Uh, the Cardinals definitely. They lose, they're done. They, they're not coming back. Uh, the Titans are at the Texans. Washington is at the Eagles. What are your, Do you guys have any, uh, any thoughts on some of these games? Yeah, so I actually – I think potentially one of the most intriguing games of the weekend is going to be Dallas at Giants. Mm. And when you first look at it, you think, okay. But if Philadelphia wins at home against Washington on that Sunday night game – I believe that the winner of the division would be the winner of Dallas at New York. So that game has tons of playoff implications. Whereas, because I would put personally, if I was betting, I would put money on Philly, like with Hertz, like they want to finish on a good note, ending a divisional opponent's season at home Sunday night. They're going to be fired up and they've been playing well with Hertz. So that opens up a wide open door for Giants Cowboys when everybody ruined the cow like ruled the Cowboys out early on like Andy Dolan's kind of been cooking low-key lately and so it'll be it'll be interesting if they find a way to get in somehow and to your point real quick the Cowboys are in if they win and the uh, Washington football team loses and the football team is in with the win so that game at night could be very big. Yes. Um, especially if Dallas wins, it puts all the pressure on Washington. So wait, so if the Giants win, let then... me look at that scenario. Oh, Giants, the Giants need to win and Washington has to lose. So the winner of the yeah. Cowboys Giants, yeah, that they're watching that Eagles football team game with bench captains are never wrong. No, sir. Uh Let's have uh, Hayden. What 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 game are you most intrigued to watch this weekend? Um, outside of the Browns game. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, we're all hyped <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, man, I don't know, dude. I so I was watching um the Bills game this past Monday night against the Pats, and they also just passed an ordinance in Buffalo that they're going to allow them to have sixty seven hundred fans in their stadium um for the playoff games coming up and so to Nick's point talking about what home field advantage in Buffalo looks like versus I don't know let's say home field advantage in Miami or where there's nice weather Detroit where there's a dome like there's just something about playing in cold weather Buffalo that I feel like would give them um a pretty big advantage and I know 6,700 fans doesn't sound like a lot but like it's way more than I don't, I don't know how I guess I don't know how many Jerry World 
uh, has been packing in there on Sundays, but with the team, the way they've been playing, I would assume that the 6,700 fired up Buffalo fans is probably going to be some of the uh, loudest um, stadiums that uh, have, have played there too. So um, that one would be fun to see just because they also like similar to Cleveland have a very long playoff drought too, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know they're in, but any extra like motivation or any extra encouragement they can get to do well in the playoffs. Like if it's not Cleveland, I would like it to be Buffalo. Like I know the, you know, chiefs and Patty Mahomes is an awesome story too on the AFC side of things, but it'd be really cool to see um, Buffalo make it back to and hopefully finish the job um, once they get there. Absolutely. No. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I think that game is going to be great as well. Same with the, Giants, one that uh, Nick spoke on, but the game that I'm looking forward to would be uh, Houston against your Tennessee Titans. Um, I think that obviously has big uh, playoff implications, especially in my mind. Uh, if Tennessee loses and the Colts win, um, along with Miami and Baltimore, um, it could just be a totally different ball game in there. And as I said on an earlier pod, um, the Colts are my team that if they get in the playoffs, they definitely can make some noise. Um, I just love the way that their offense is moving right now. T.Y. is coming back, doing T.Y. stuff. Uh, Phil's getting involved, and their defense is locked down. So um, that's definitely a game that I'll be looking forward to. Yeah, and I think for Houston, too, like J.J. Watt just had that speech. How do you not come out and, like, just work your butt off this week? Yeah. Like, he basically just came out and was like, if you aren't working, don't even show up. Like, like I was ready to go work out. Because <laughs> oh, I think I think that would be crazy if Tennessee doesn't make it. Like, if Miami beats Buffalo and Baltimore takes care of Cincy and then Tennessee loses to, to the Texans, like, that would just – it would be crazy to me that they don't make it. Yeah. Well, and, and – uh, Noah, you you and I both highlighted the same game. I here's my hot take. I pick Houston to win that game. I think Houston or Houston's going to beat the Titans. And you guys know too. I've been I've been big on I've been really big on the Titans uh, on how they run the football, uh, their offensive game, how they scheme. I've been big on those guys. I've been really big on how they, how good they are offensively. What I haven't been big on is how poor they've been on defense. And this is one of those games where are you going to really be able to stop Deshaun Watson? And the offense is going to be able to make plays. I don't know, guys. I, I, I it just, eh, I don't know. There's something about it that screams upset alert. I think everyone's thinking, oh, the Browns are going to be the one that cho- uh, that chokes. Uh, the Browns are going to definitely be the ones that choke away their game. But no one's talking about that Titans game. And I think we're going to remember the Titans as the team that choked themselves out of the playoffs. So, yep, there's your corny joke for the day, boys. I, I don't know if this was on. So, as ben, bench captain Noah was a little late to the to the game. Um, and I don't know if you guys talked about this before, uh, but before you go into the next quarter, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what happened with Dwayne Haskins as Ohio guys. I, uh, I touched on it, uh, before, like we even started recording. So, um, I, I like this, this is a fascinating story to me. I, uh, I think he needed this. Um, 
the whole like behind the scenes look at why he even got drafted in Washington, like with the owner's son going to the same high school as him. Like, I don't even know if they went to school together. But because it was like an alma mater or something, he like forced the hand of the coach to draft him. Like, dude, how do you succeed in a organization that like didn't draft you to be the guy because they know you're the guy? Like, regardless of what your talent level is, if you're not wanted where you're at, like, it's very tough to be in or like surround yourself in an environment that you're going to be successful. Um, So I hope another team picks him up. But what I am worried about is because of his actions off the field and the endangerment that he put his own team in and himself in with like the coronavirus and everything else. Like you got voted a captain this year, dude. Like you got to step up to the plate, like no excuses. Cause you went to Ohio state and I'm a fan, like nothing. Like when it comes down to like health and safety, that's got to come first. Like I understand you got your like physical needs and desires and whatever he was doing off the field is like his own thing. He can do that. But in a year like this, where you have the responsibilities that are given to you, feel like you got to step up to the plate because not only are you affecting yourself, but you're affecting the others that are around you, which leads me into another story, which Noah, I'm curious on your thoughts. Um, I was listening this morning and they talked about because of Haskins failures, he's actually affecting the draft stock of Justin Fields because they both went to Ohio state and have like similar playing styles. Uh, I think McShay came out with his latest draft class and, and has Zach Wilson above him now. But, um, you know, that's that's a totally like separate topic that you can decide to throw in whenever you uh, share your opinion as well. But the, the whole Haskins thing, like I just I hope the best for the guy, like as somebody who wants to see others succeed, like you hope that he's able to like land on his feet, a team picks him up. And at the very least, he's able to back somebody up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he's got to be at least capable of doing that. But um, the, the whole Washington scenario, I feel like was doomed from the start. Yeah. I, I definitely think he has the talent to be in the NFL as a quarterback. I think, um, what he did at Ohio state is great. And his arm talent is like absurd. Um, but I just, I don't know what would be a good system fit for him. Even as a Browns fan, I wouldn't mind to see him in Pittsburgh. Um, just to be that backup just because he's just a great player and I enjoy watching him. But um, I think the whole fields Haskins thing is like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think they're different players entirely. Um, And Justin Fields college career at Ohio state is just like ridiculous. Like he's lost once and his stats are insane. So, um, and if you take like the, entirety of Justin Fields against the entirety of Zach Wilson like they they don't stack up yeah exactly that's interesting though Dwayne to uh Pittsburgh I wonder what the body comparisons are physically of Big Ben and Dwayne because Dwayne's a big beefy QB too and he's got a rocket arm but Ben Ben like an offensive guard so yeah the beard growth, he's got him in for sure. Yeah. Big Ben's got him in. But I would wonder, like, straight up body comparison, what that looks like. That would be interesting. Yo, well, so speaking of fields, um, let's head into, head into quarter two. If Dave had anything about that, he can start us off here. College football playoffs. Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Any, what, are you, what are you looking forward to from these two games? Dave, 
Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing who Alabama plays in the national championship game. I'm going to be flat out disrespectful. I'm not going to be respectful about this. Everything I'm going to say is complete shade about Notre Dame. And I, and it's with no due respect either. So, uh, guys, look, <laughs> Notre Dame only beat Clemson because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, guess what? He wasn't playing the first time that they played. Guess what happened the second time? Well, you don't need to guess what happened. You saw what happened. Uh, total bloodbath. And it's only going to be worse because Bama is just going to light him up. And Notre Dame, uh, I love this saying because it fits. This game is going to be a pure dumpster fire from Notre Dame against Alabama. So I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm going to be more, more, so, uh, more so nervous as a Buckeyes fan watching this game against Clemson because I can't name the last time Ohio State has beat Clemson uh, dating back to Taj Boyd in the Orange Bowl against Braxton Miller and Kenny Guyton uh, back when they had Martavis Bryant and Sammy Watkins. Um, like Dating back to those times, like I, I don't feel and never felt great about Ohio State playing Clemson, but we – we want this one bad. So that's my initial thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I know we wanted this one. I did not. <laughs> I was like, man, somehow, like, cause something just crazy happened, but I'm ready. I saw Ryan day talking to the team. about said, Hey, you guys got the game you wanted. This was, this was your bulletin board material all year. Dabo Sweeney's adding to it. Come on, let's keep motivating us. What I am worried about is we haven't played a complete game. We've had way more COVID effects, obviously just playing six games. So that's going to, that's kind of what worries me. And I'm interested to see though. I am interested to see Justin Fields. I think a lot of his NFL draft stock rides on this game based off of his last two performances, how indecisive he's looked. Now, granted he was missing Olave last game and that probably throws you off a little bit, but I think a lot of his, draft stock is going to be based off of this one game yeah I mean I was not too happy when I saw that Ohio State's playing Clemson again um as much as I love seeing the powerhouse teams face off each other Clemson um makes me the most nervous just because obviously Trevor Lawrence Mr. Sunshine himself is just an absolute baller and everyone knows it so you don't even need to touch on it but um NTN is also ridiculous and arguably one of the best college running backs ever. Um, and Ohio State's defense is not uh, up to par as what it has been in years past. So I'm a little nervous when it comes to that. Um, like, as Nick said, this is a huge statement game for Justin Fields. And I think he's going to step up to the plate, but I'm, I'm just hoping for a good game. I, I won't be upset either way. I'm definitely nervous as a big fan of the team as well as, you know, somebody who likes to think that they can talk a little bit more in detail of, you know, what the teams are doing, what their game plan and what they're doing, why they're doing it. Right. I, mainly because I think, and I talked about this the last time I was on too, I think momentum uh, end of season momentum leading into whatever, you know, playoff you're headed into is like a legitimate um, factor and the last two games that Ohio State played in obviously were not the best games that they've had all year. And they've only played six games to boot on top of that. Um, 
What I do think, though, that could be a counter to that, and Nick, you touched on it, is I've like as a coach, one thing that I would always tell my players is do not ever, ever give another team an extra motivation, an extra reason to come in and compete against you. Like, why? What's the point of it? Whether you win or you lose, like, that's what the like that's what it should come down to is it the fact of you win or lose like by you throwing extra fuel on the fire it's only increasing the chance of your opponent's like motivation desire to beat you um and you're like just trying to i don't know what is it like boosting your own ego by saying stuff about the other opponent and then going out and beat them like a win is a win dude so for Dabo to be talking as much as he is about saying like Ohio State doesn't belong here. Ohio State shouldn't be here. Only six games. Rank them number 11. 11. Dude. Coastal Carolina? Like, okay, bro. Like, come on. Whether I played – it's, it's crazy to me. And, and that's – I'm not taking anything away from him as a person too because I, I have seen a lot of stories where I think he's a good, like, Christian leader in his locker room for his men when it comes to, like, the reason – sports maybe teaches you more than just like the rules of the game but you like grow as a person too like I think he's a good role model for that but when it again when it comes to like that bulletin board material I just do not get it and then even if you did do it if reporters ask you about it why elaborate why talk on it you know what I mean again it's just continuing to pour fuel on the fire so that's one thing that I think the that momentum the six games, whatever, you can almost just kind of throw it out the window and know that like these weeks leading up to this game, I can guarantee you each individual on that Ohio State football team has not worked harder, has not run harder, has not run extra reps more. Like every single thing that they can do to prepare themselves for this game, I guarantee you they're doing it. Now that's not to say that Clemson's not also doing that in their practices at the same time too, but like to Noah's point, statement game is an un, like an understatement to these this matchup, in my opinion. Like we're playing with house money, I feel like, which is ridiculous because we're Ohio State. Yep, hundred percent. And like you look at the upcoming recruiting classes and like how Ohio State's you know number one or number two leading into the next couple of years. Like yeah. if we can get this win, not only is it like yeah, buddy, this is what's coming the next two, three, four years down the road too, but it's payback for what happened last year and everybody saying that, you know, he fumbled and whether he did or he didn't or whatever you believe. He did. It's not whether um, he did. <laughs> all right, but, you know, staying as un- unbiased as I can in, in, you know, what I'm talking about, I think that this game is going to be a huge testament to – um, where we are as a college football team um, for this season. Six games or not, it's going to be great to show Dabo, oh, we didn't belong here, but you did, and we just whooped your A-double snakes. Like, let's go, buddy. Get out of here. We're going to go play Bama now and, and see what happens at that point. And one thing uh, to just kind of add on to what you said, a lot of these guys were so driven. Uh, you, you hit on – it's motivation. Just like the fact that Justin Fields led that, led that comeback. Let's push for our season to play. This is why they this, yep. they signed up to play. And, and Dabo just keeps running his mouth and just keeps going. I, I, it, it feels like one of those games where Clemson could be the better team and they just come out and they win by double digits. 
but it also could be one of those things where Ohio State just comes out and they're lit, man. They're just fired up. And the, the crazy thing about this is, too, yeah, Ohio State's defense hasn't had an elite pass rusher. And it takes them a while to get going. But once they get going, they're pretty solid. Like, they're yeah. decent. Like, they're really a solid defense. Whereas I, I, I still think that there's something to be said about a team that uh, you guys have – when – You've heard uh, in interviews or coaches or form or players talk about it's easier to prepare and game plan for a team that you've played already that you lost rather than a team that you've already beat because you know what your weaknesses are and you know what you got to do to be better. And Ohio State coming into this game against Clemson to me, it's very similar teams, very same like is last year. Same, it's similar even though Ohio State's defense is a little bit different. Same concepts. And to me, I just – I get this feeling, man. I, I get this feeling. Ohio State's not messing around. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be a fun watch. I'm definitely going to be dialed into that and nothing else. Yes. So, my last, my last point I had, then I'll ask you guys who you think wins, is I wanted to touch on kind of what Hayden said real quick because um, I was going to touch on it too, is the recruiting. I mean, if you guys don't follow yeah. it, we are in – very good hands for the next few years like we're they're talking like i think it was a 2022 maybe like our average player is gonna be a 95 again a scouting grade um and it's gonna be the highest ever and so just all across the board just we are getting tons of top recruits so we are in very good hands but so with that what's your championship prediction which two teams are in i i think it's gonna be bama clemson I'm not going to lie about it. Dave? Oh, man. It, it's tough. I think it's going to be Alabama. Uh, Alabama already won. They didn't even get on the field. They won. Notre Dame doesn't stand a chance. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be disrespect, disrespectful about it. And I hate saying this. Uh, Ohio State is going to win. And I hate saying it because I know I'm being a hundred percent biased and definitely picking with my heart and not my head. So Ohio state versus Bama and Ohio state's going to beat Bama and go Bucks. I love it. I love it. Cause that's what I want to say too, what I'm not going to. So I appreciate the fact that you did for me, Dave. <laughs> um, I think it, I think so it's going to <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's going to be a slugfest, man. I think uh, at least the, the Buckeyes-Clemson game will be. Like, I expect it to be a little chippy. There may be even some, like, personal flag, personal foul flags. Like um, there wasn't any it, last year, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, you know how that goes. But I, uh, I think it's going to be tight for a while, but then I just don't think we have anything to stop um, Trevor Lawrence. So if I think Clemson wins by two touchdowns, but we keep it tight as long as we can before the wheels kind of fall off towards the end. What are um, the chances Trey Sermon breaks his own record? Nah, slim to none. That's an unreal. <laughs> what that guy did in the big 10 title game was, Unbelievable. But that's the thing too, though. Like you talk about some like different momentum. We haven't had anything to go with what Fields talent is thus far in the season either. So if Trey Sermon just woke up, 
we actually have like a dual threat with our run and our pass game. Like, again, that's why I think this whole thing is literally like the, the, the Alabama Notre game game. I'm right there with Dave. I think Ian book is a very talented QB and he will maybe have like two or three throws in the air that get into the end zone, but that doesn't matter when Bama's putting up 52 on you. Like if it's 52, 14, I won't be shocked. Um, right. Or 56, 14 or whatever the, the even numbers would, would be there for, for touchdowns. But um, the, the Bucks game, man, I really think could be like a 21, 24, you know, 28, 31 type of game if it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not, I would expect it to be like, I don't know, maybe 28, 42 Clemson or something like that too. They just, they're definitely the more talented team, but I think at this point with the bulletin board material and what's happened last year and what Dabo was saying, like we may want it more at the current moment um, mm. than, than what Clemson does. But again, like, I don't know what's going on in that Clemson locker room. I'm not, I'm not paying any attention to, to what's going on there outside of what Dabo's running his mouth about. So my, my heart's saying go box like Dave, but in the back of my head too. I'm kind of like prepping for that. Like, Ooh, I still hope the Browns win on Sunday and I'm glad this game's on Friday. Time yeah. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going Alabama Clemson as well. Um, but the key would be like 2014. When you look at our winning the championship, big 10 championship, and then both playoff games, Zeke went over 200 yards, all three games. I think it's going to be the same thing that we need to get back to. But so quick question before we get to the coaches halftime talk, if you had to pick one, Cleveland wins, the Browns win or the Buckeyes Ooh. win. Browns. Browns. That's why I thought. I, to me, it was an easy decision. I just wanted to I can, throw it out there. You can blame COVID for the Buckeyes, and you can get away with it, and we're going to have tons of recruiting classes. Yeah, you can't Browns get away with COVID this time. It's Baker's fault we lost to the Jets. All right. Coach oh, my God. Shut up, Noah. Not I'm not even. Nope. 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 We're moving on. Noah sucks. All right. Well, okay. So, it's it's coaches, coaches speak right now uh, – or. What, what are we calling the segment again? I'm sorry. Coaches halftime live on the podcast. Yes, coaches speak. Yeah, coaches, hello. Uh, the halftime pep talk. All right, boys. So, Hayden, you touched on Trey Sermon going off. And it reminded me of a point I was going to make earlier about reviewing the Week 16 games. Uh, Dalvin Cook having that monster game, having six touchdowns in, in a game. Let me. That was, really, that was Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Did I say Dalvin Cook? I'm sorry. Yeah, they're bullet. playing against Dalvin Cook. Uh, uh, Alvin Kamara did that. My bad, guys. So, with that being said, it led me to think, because I'm like, man, the Saints look like a legitimate Super Bowl threat. What is the most somebody has scored in a Super Bowl? So, first question, it's a three-part question I have for you guys. The first question is, who has thrown the most touchdown passes in a single Super Bowl game? And I'll give you a bonus point if you can guess who it was against. Nick, I'll, or actually, whoever blurted out, if you guys have a guess. All right, so so most touchdown passes in a Super Bowl, and who was against? Yes. Joe Montana. No. Against? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. I was just hoping you were going to guess another NFC team. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. That's why I don't want to guess. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It was within the last 30 years. I'm going to just play the odds game. I'll say Tom Brady because he's been there the most. Gives me the best chances. <laughs> and I'm going to say it no, was Dave wouldn't go. That's too easy. That's too easy. Against the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have no idea. My NFL history is garbage. All right. How about you, Nick? Last guess here. I'm going to go Colin Kaepernick. No. I uh, Both, I'll give you Nick and Noah credit, though. You guys guessed the right team, wrong quarterback. It was Steve Young. I almost guessed touchdowns. him. Yeah, he threw six touchdown passes against the San Diego Superchargers. Superchargers. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Who had who had the most receiving touchdowns in a Super Bowl game? Is it a big name or is it like it's a noble name? I want to guess first, Jerry Rice. Okay. Who is it against? I couldn't even tell you the teams they played in the Super Bowl. Um, Oilers. Bro, Steelers. Is that everyone's guess? Oh, wait, no, the Steelers one. It was definitely Jerry Rice. I'll give you that. That's a tough, tough guess, Nick. Bro, none of you want to take it? How about this, though? He did it twice. Can you guys guess the two teams that he did it against? No. Nope. Okay, well, I feel like this is just a lackadaisical effort considering the fact that I just told you that his quarterback, Steve Young, threw for six touchdowns against the Chargers. Um, that was very you know, terrible on our part. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like I was setting that one up a little bit. All of them um, he threw three – or he caught three against the Chargers – and he caught three against the Denver Broncos back in the 80s. And final question for this halftime speech, this pep talk, you should say. Uh, who had the most rush, rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl game, and who was it against? And I will give you this hint. This running back slash quarterback is a Hall of Famer. Bro, I was going to guess Terrell Davis. But this quarterback running. You got it right. Yeah, it is Terrell Davis. Did he throw for one, too? Who is it it against? 49ers. Cowboys. No. Hayden, you have one final guess? Was Terrell Davis on the Broncos when he did this? I don't even remember what team he was on. He was on the Broncos? Okay. He was on the Broncos his entire career. Redskins. Football team. Uh, no. Yeah. Let's let's be sensitive here. Come on. What are we doing here? No. At the time, it was Redskins. But, no, he rushed against the Green Bay Packers when the Broncos beat them in 1997. I so, want to apologize. There you go. That's your trivia. I want to apologize in advance to Nathan Martin. I know that once he listens to this, he will be texting me so disappointed in my terrible knowledge of Super Bowl matchups and history. Um, so, Nathan, I'm sorry. Yeah, th- I mean, Nick, I, I expected more from you. Um, okay, I'm impressed I got 12 Davis, though. That was good, but, I mean – guess the Cowboys right yeah I don't even know who you guess as a team well either way 
we got we got to brush that up, guys. Got to go to class. Got to go to school. Get better. Um, that being said, we're done. We're done, though. Heading to the third quarter here. I think it's a perfect scenario that I was just fired up watching Sexton and Garland back in the gym after their L because isn't third quarter's NBA related, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, it one hundred percent is. Take That's over a good this podcast. Let's go. Let's get it. Well, I'll yo, I I'll saw come... that too. It got me hyped, man. Just watching them shoot after a loss. That's the most Cleveland thing. Like we're hyped after a loss. Let's go. Our players are out there shooting more. Young guys putting in the work. Sexland. That's the duo name, right? That's what they're calling them. <laughs> Larry Nance made it official on Twitter. Yeah. What are your guys' initial thoughts on the Cavs just in general? And then we can kind of go into a more broad topic in the in the NBA. In general, right off the bat, I'm in love with JB Bickerstaff. Mm-hmm. I liked him how we closed the year off last year. I love how the guys move on offense. I love how the ball moves on offense. Very rarely are you upset with the shot selection unless it's Andre Drummond. Defense, they move around. They help McGee and Drummond protecting the rim. Sexton showing those clamps one-on-one. Okoro can go out and guard. So I just, I've just been impressed with how J.B. Bickerstaff has them playing. And I think I think we have a start of something once Kevin Porter Jr. comes back. Him, Okoro, Sexton, Garland, Nance is still decently young. Dean Wade. Come on now. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't understand that. I don't want that man on the court. Jetty um, off the bench has been quality. It's like a seventh or eighth guy. Come on now. And even Noah can't deny it. Noah, Noah doesn't like him. But like as a seventh or eighth, like he's he's hooping. Yeah, I hate Chetty as a starter, but I'll take him off the bench. He he does pretty well, and he can definitely shoot it. But I, I like I like the Cavs and how how they're currently playing. I love that they move the ball really well, because um, we don't really have someone who's like the guy who has to get a bucket. And Andre Drummond is just like an absolute bum in my mind. I was sitting watching the game. Was it yesterday? Yesterday or two days ago? Um, yeah. With my wife Hannah and she looked at me and she was like who's this Drummond guy he sucks and I was like you're right I don't like him but I think the Cavs uh were the most surprising team to start off 3-0 and um but I think when Kevin Porter Jr. comes back um and the Cavs get their in my opinion purest scorer um that's going to be a very different team do we know when Michael Porter, or not Michael Porter, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is coming back? No. No. Is it, 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 is it because of his, uh, the off court? I thought the, uh, that's what I was going to do with the case, right? Because I thought the, the charges were dropped. Yeah, I looked into it. Like everything's dropped and like there's nothing else that really has happened legally. Uh, I just think that the, Ownership is just waiting for a, the right time to bring them back. Okay. Let it, things die down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, right. Nick, Nick, I apologize for laughing in the middle of your take because I, wa- I wasn't laughing at your take. I was laughing at the first time you mentioned Andre Drummond, Noah Fisher's 
reaction, facial reaction, just to the name of the guy. Bro, I, I saw you laughing. <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, what did I say? I didn't get that bad. <laughs> no, I just I saw your I saw your because we're we're obviously on a Zoom meeting, uh, recording this thing. But you you said uh, just the Andre Drummond like as you were talking, and Noah's eye roll couldn't have been more evident. Um, which is funny to me because I actually think he's been a solid addition to the team um but uh the the biggest point to me is is the same as you nick i um the what jv bickerstaff has done with the team i think is the biggest win for the Cavs overall um like better than the record better than any of the numbers the players are putting up like it's really 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 hard in a professional sports league like the nba where the players are more of the focal point um, it can kind of control more than, you know, maybe a coaching staff could in the NFL or the NHL or in the other league. Um, when you don't have a superstar on your team thinking that like you have a shot to win it all because he's there. I feel like that's gotta be one of the hardest things to do as a coach is to get a team bought into putting in the work and putting in the effort to say like, Hey, we still have a shot to prove ourselves um, when you don't have a LeBron, you don't have a Giannis, people aren't talking about you to even make the playoffs, much less a championship, right? Like Kevin Love is considered or Andre Drummond. I don't know if you want to call him a star. Like that's what I was thinking about talking to the whole time. So when you said Drummond and he started laughing, I was like, oh, shoot, I can't call Andre Drummond a star because if I do, Noel will lose his mind. Um, no. But- so just to clarify, I do really like Drummond. Um, I just don't like when the offense runs through him. Yes. Like he just doesn't have that nice touch around a rim. Like I just, I don't like when he's shooting the ball. Like he's still trying to pull up threes. Yeah. Like like, I love him defensively, often like defensively rebounding. And like, I'll let him shoot. Like I just get so frustrated when he shoots. Like, it's just like, I feel like we could have had a better shot. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I understand where you're coming from. I think overall though, his, his basketball ability, his big body, like there wasn't another big man. Like he was the biggest name Cleveland was going to get where we were at in the season and where we are as a team right now. Like, I don't know how we got him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, it's, it's, it's awesome to have him here. I think he's going to be great veteran leadership. And I honestly hope he resigns. I hope he stays with us because again, now looking at the player side of things, with what Garland and Sexton are doing and how well they're actually working together, which I think a lot of analysts, if I'm not mistaken, when we drafted Garland, were like, how's this going to work? Sexton can't play the two, you know, like he's got to be the focal point or whatever. And now they're like best friends. They got a, a nickname together, like they're balling this year. We came out three, and zero because of their play and well, Drummond included. Yeah. They're having fun playing ball. And like Bickerstaff has them wanting to like get better, which again, how we kicked off this whole segment, nothing fires me up more is like somebody who I feel like this is the perfect epitome of what bench captains are is like you go out and you pour in as much effort as you possibly can to get better. Right. And for some reason you're just like, Oh, you're not quite there. So you put in more work, right? Like these guys didn't quite get the win against the Knicks of all people. Like that's the team who, you know, makes us not undefeated anymore, but like right after coaches finished in the locker room, who's lacing back up to go put shots up Garland and Sexton. Like that stuff fires me up, man. Like I can get up behind a team like that, that even if they are losing and they're in the lottery year after year, the guys are actually putting in the work to get better. I love that. Like that type of role model 
uh, mindset or that, that type of just mindset in general and anything that you do is going to get you super far. Well, and, and real quick, let me touch on Andre Drummond because yeah, I get that there's a lot of frustration with him at times, but 19 and 15 does not come around often. So I will gladly take oh, I him. Know. I, I mm-hmm. am not, com- I'm not going to complain about him because you know, he brings a, a different element of physicality and, and strength and stability inside that we have not had even dating back to like I mean I know Tristan Thompson was a defensive force for us but I wouldn't say he was an anchor inside you know we have an anchor now like something we can truly rely on inside in the paint but one thing to me that um we talked we talked about how good the guards have been Colin Sexton's got an average in 25 a game so far this year I'm really impressed with Darius Garland at 18 and a half points, eight assists. He's one of the top two or three assist leaders, uh, if not leading. Well, last time I checked, uh, he's been just really steady, though. Really steady. Yeah, and he's looked very good. His his ability to shoot, uh, create off the dribble, dribble drive to the rim. He's doing it all. And a lot of these guys, they're just competing and and and. Uh, Hayden really touched on it earlier talking about how these guys are working, but it's not the fact that these guys are just working their tails off. It's, it's our draft picks. These guys that we're investing in a lot are, are really coming through. It's so relieving to see a draft pick come through and actually play well. And that's what you need. Um, One thing I want to touch on too, about the Cavs before we just kind of gloss over the rest of the NBA is I am so impressed with, Larry Nance and who he is as a person, what he's been able to do yes. in the community. Um, he's just been such like, I've never, I, 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 it's not often you see athletes truly embrace the city that they're in, but I know he's from here and I, it's just so awesome watching him truly embrace the city of Cleveland and, and really embrace the role of being here. He loves being here. I know it's his home, but the, the community work that he does, the, the chemistry that he brings to the locker room, you need guys like that. And especially when Kevin Love is out um, every other game, you have that guy in Larry Nance that you can be like, he's a freak athlete. He's going to work hard. And he'll bring a little punch every now and then uh, on the scoring side. So um, just his mid-range add- is improving, and hopefully his three-point will start improving a little bit too. Right. And – I see Hayden right now has his good boy on the Zoom call, and I love it. I love every second of it. We need more good boy energy in this world. You got it. Yeah, and I just want to touch base of like, so if you guys aren't familiar with what he's doing, every game he wears a small, a, a local small business from Cleveland shirt to the stadium, or I guess arena. And then so that raises awareness, and he'll post about it. And then after each game, he signs a jer- like a game-worn jersey and auctions it off. And all that money goes to the local small business. And I just, I love that idea. Like, I think that is awesome. And I just think of if that starts spreading, like you saw Josh Hart, like take one for 10,000. And if more players just started doing something as simple as that to give back to the community, like how awesome that could be. But just so the players just embracing the city, I'm embracing getting better. Um, I think it's, it's going to be an exciting year. I think we have a shot at competing for the eight seed. And that's all you can ask, honestly. Um, and I, I'm here for it. 
No, absolutely. I am too. Uh, Nick, I'm going to ask you real quick, because uh, I know we're, we're, we're finishing up the pod uh, more so sooner rather than later. How do oh, yeah. you, what are teams that you think are intriguing to you? Or is there a team that's caught your eye outside of the Cavs that you're just yeah. watching and you're very interested in right now? Oh, mine's, mine's still the Hawks. Um, I said that from the start. They're going to be my dark horse of who makes a deep run. I love all the moves they made. I love the depth they added. I think that you're going to see depth. I want to see depth kind of co- depth kind of come back to the NBA. You see mm-hmm. teams try to get away with fewer and fewer players now, kind of like college sometimes. Like you even watch Duke just go through a whole season with just six. But they'll be able to run nine, ten deep, feel comfortable with those guys, keep them fresh throughout the year, really let Trey kind of take off this year. I'm excited to see just what they can do what kind of run they can make. Cause we talked, we think they're going to replace one of the playoff teams. So I'm just, I'm just excited to see how they can compete and what all, what all they can do. How about you? Well, first of all, to just kind of cap off your point on Yeke, a Kung Wu, <laughs> that man is a stallion. No, I'm, uh, I agree. The Hawks are a very interesting team. One thing I've been really surprised with, the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Magic have looked really solid. Yeah, um, I know. It, Terrence Ross averaging 21 a game. Vuce, uh, you know, everyone knows Vucevic. Well, not not everybody, actually. One of the more underrated players in the NBA, averaging 20 for him. And Markel Fultz, who's been extended by the Magic, averaging about 18 a game for them. They have three guys that are putting up pretty, pretty good numbers for them. And um, I know we're in a higher scoring league now, but it's good to see Fultz kind of find a place for himself where he can just kind of settle in and, and uh, same thing with Terrence Ross, uh, you know, just kind of see guys settle in, let them find who they are as a player and, and really develop from there. I love seeing some of these teams that just come out that have been in the lottery for the last several years that just like, you know what, let's, we're making moves towards um, being truly a great team and um, maybe you don't have the superstars, but you've seen with Utah and Denver and even Memphis when they got John Morant, they made the, they were right on the cusp of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You've seen what teams can do like that when you don't when you don't have the superstars, you can still make runs and still be higher seeds in, in um, the playoffs. So I just wanted to point that out. I thought the Orlando Magic are a team that are very interesting, you know. Yeah, and the West just a lot of teams starting off slow. Like a lot of teams that we thought would be in the playoffs, just not quite doing Nuggets one and three, Rockets zero and two, Warriors two and two, Pelicans two and two. Like just starting off, you know. But like, I expected these teams to start off just a little bit better. So just to see, um, and I think that'll correct itself too. Like I'm not saying panic or anything like that, but it was just interesting how many slow starts there were this year. But um, you have anything to close this quarter with? Uh. I don't have anything else I want to add to this, really, but I do have a question for our garbage time segment. Yeah, we uh, we started with two dads and two very single people, and now uh, both dads have gone to dad duty, and now we're just here with just the two single dudes. So here we are. Here we are. So with that being said, Nick, I think this is a very appropriate um way we can handle garbage time and maybe we get the dads back and we have another question that we actually can throw out there i say we rapid fire 
uh, some of these games that are playoff implications. What are your thoughts? We give our predictions that at the end NFL of the NFL ones? Yes. Let's rock and roll. I got the schedule right here. You ready? I do too. Uh, do you want to do score predictions too, or are we just going? Nope. Just go. Just go winner. All right. Ready? Dolphins at Bills. Bills. Dolphins. No, Bills are going to win. Bills, All right. Bills want that two seed. I think they win. All right. Ravens at Bengals. Ravens. Ravens. Steelers at Browns. Browns. Steelers choke. Browns are going to win, though. Um. All right. Vikings. No one cares. Jets. No one cares. Cowboys at Giants. Cowboys. All right. I got the Cowboys winning that as well. Hayden, uh, we're rapid firing. We're rapid firing NFL picks. Hey, hey I, real oh quick, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go through your rapid fires and you're gonna catch up with us. All right, quick. Dolphins at Bills. Bills. Ravens, Bengals. Ravens. Steelers, Browns. Browns. All right. Uh Cowboys, Giants. Is Daniel Jones playing? Yes. Giants. Okay. All right. So that's two Cowboys and a Giant right there. Packers, Bears. Packers. Packers. Yeah. Is is A Raj playing? Uh yes. Yeah. Packers. They're going for the one seed. They want it. Yeah. Uh Packers. Raiders at Raiders at Broncos. Broncos are winning that. Uh you guys don't have to give your opinion. I was just telling you guys that Denver's gonna win. They usually do. Um <laughs> Jags at Colts. Jags, baby, let's go. They owe us. No way, dude. Colts. Yeah, I think the Colts handled them. Are we uh, are we automatically in if Colts lose? Yep. Even yes. if we lose? Yep. Yes. Wow. Or if Dolphins, Ravens win and Titans lose, that also puts us in. Who yeah. do the Titans play? Houston. We're going to get to that game here in a second. Yeah, chill, uh, bro. Chill, chill, chill. Cardinals at Rams. Cardinals lose, they're out. Rams lose. They could they're be depending on the Bears, yes. Rams. Goff's not playing though. I know. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm gonna take the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I think Kyler will get it done. Him and Hop, D Hop. They have to. They have to. They can't. See, I'm banking on the Rams run game being there. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um all right, next playoff implication. Titans at Texans. Texans. Texans are trash this year. They just don't have it going. I think I'm going to go Titans. Texans are my upset of the week. I think everyone's focused on the wrong games, and I think the Titans are going to lose this game. And Chiefs aren't going to be the ones that have the hangovers. It's definitely going to be the Titans from the AFC Championship game last year. But 10-6 and six isn't bad for them. So, I mean, they just got to upgrade the defense. Rapid fire. Last game, Washington football team at Philadelphia. Dwayne Haskins. Philadelphia. Was... Jalen's balling. I'll go Philly. I'm going to go Washington. Their defense is so good. Look, Dwayne Haskins was stripped of his job, pun intended. Um <laughs> no okay all right guys well that's that's the rapid fire i had for us uh bro i just got a bleacher report oklahoma beat florida 48 13 and the oklahoma fans started chanting sec and i'm here for all of it oh let me have it yeah 
What's worse, SEC fans or SEC refs? Both. What's the difference? All right, garbage time. We'll take this home because you know we don't play the fourth quarter. So this time, this question is actually brought to you by Hayden. So I'm going to let Hayden ask it. He came up with it. Okay, we're diving into this one. All right. Absolutely. So my question for the crew is, what's the most outrageous athlete or celebrity lookalike that you have ever received from somebody else? I have two. First, um, all through middle school and high school, I had long floppy hair, and that was back when, like, Justin Bieber was kind of breaking out. So people always called me that. Like, I never know. But I remember I was at the Y one time. And this chick just came up to me and she's like, you definitely have to have a girlfriend, right? And I'm like, no. She's like, you look just like Justin Bieber. And then just walked away. And I was like, kind of like, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty dang cute. That's the first time you knew shoot or shoot? Yeah, absolutely. Right then, young Nick, shoot or shoot. I ran. And so then, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Um, She was older than me. I don't even, I was weird. And secondly, was at school. People told me I looked like the guy from Augustus, like that played Augustus Waters. Um, and so El Gore and I, I don't really see it, but so I was called Gus or Gussie through college, but I, I don't see it. Okay. Dave. Okay. Uh, I've, I have two of them. Uh, two of my former players used to say I looked like Toby Maguire. So they would call me Spider-Man instead of coach during practices they, or they would call me Spidey or they'd call me uh, Toby or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, so they call me Toby McGuire. Do I see it? Not really, but I don't, they're, they're very convinced on it apparently. So now your other one, I, I see your other one way more than I see Toby. Okay. Well, the other one is I was at an AU tournament last year, uh, I was walking with my team up to the gym and we were locked out of the gym and there's a couple like parents and, and other teams waiting at the door. And I had a Brown shirt on cause you know, go Browns, right? Dog pound dog check. And this dad walks over to me and he's like, Oh my gosh, dude, you look just like Johnny Manziel. I thought it was, I thought you were him. And I was like, what? I don't think I look like Manziel, but we'll let the people decide. Yeah, we'll let the people decide. Also, real quick, I want to throw this one out there. My dog, Champ, looks just like Trevor Lawrence. And if you don't believe me, (laughs) I will be posting pictures in our uh, on Twitter. I will share it and tag Bench Captain's pod. And you guys tell me if you agree or not, but it the oh, resemblance is ridiculous. Okay. All right. I can do that. I can do that. Dang, I was hoping that. I was hoping we'd have uh fish back by now too, but he might he might be missing out on this aspect of it. Um mm-hmm. I have I have two. One I see for sure, but since the portion of this is supposed to be the most outrageous, uh for me, hands down. Back when we lived in Florida, Britt's co-workers, I came in one time to drop off some flowers to her while she was at work. And when I left, God. Um, yes, humble brag, humble brag. Um, 
when I when she came home that evening, all of she said that all of her coworkers said that I looked like Steph Curry. I personally absolutely do not see that one whatsoever for a multitude of different reasons. I will let you guys decide what those reasons actually are. The second aspect or the second story that I somewhat um, cause exactly it's the shooting stroke. Shooter shoot. That's what right. it is. Shooter shoot. I, I pulled a sticker off the flowers after I handed it to her. I shot her in the trash can and they was, it was uncanny. They just thought the release was the exact. And she said, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> look at the flick of the wrist. Uh, exactly. Uh, the second one, which I actually do see a little bit, um, is Brandon Geyer from the oh, well, he, oh, he used he dude, used to play he used I to play know. for the tribe i don't know where he's at now but brandon guyer I, I feel like he's still getting hit by a pitch right now or something wow i do see that yeah holy crap you do look like him oh my gosh what so both two sides one not really guyer i see i see guyer oh i totally see that and I'll tell you what, you know who Noah really looks like right now? Casper. <laughs> That's who you'll yeah, throw him up to. Side by side with Casper. Yeah, we are on Zoom and he is not there. That is why. All right. Boys, it's been real. All right. Boys, a pleasure, Caps. Yeah, thanks again for joining us today, Hayden. Uh, honorary guest. Just Yo, and if you're listening fan. to this. Find our tweets about if we look alike. Let us know if you see it or not. And let us know who people say you look alike, no matter how outrageous or real. Yep, 100%. That's what it's all about. All about the people, baby. I'd love to hear those stories. That'd be funny. All right, catch y'all later. Go Browns.